0: Good day good evening today should be tuesday it should be i think october 25th 2022 and per the comments i am not in a soundproof room i am uh, back in the little horse trailer trying to record this but the dog it's the morning time she's in uber active mode uh, plus i have a fire going so there'll be crackling in the background quite possibly <sighs> So deep breath. We just set the scene and uh, today, as you saw from the title, uh, I've been sort of flopping around on this topic for a very, very, very long time, but uh, I talked a little bit about it when I talked about sacred duty in terms of rights and privileges, uh, but I want to go back to one of our core issues, which is survival, right? Is survival a right? Oh good, now she's going to whine. Privilege or... Uh, a sacred duty and uh, you know what's interesting about Haven is uh, she she had a rough start and she's had a couple really rough patches and right now she has the world's worst eye eyes infection she's kind of probably half albino and so her eyes are completely inflamed and I'm hoping the snow will dampen uh, some of the allergens outside and uh, we're on in an intensive uh, treatment program right now, trying to get her recovered. But she's interesting to me because she's she's more in the kind of entitled category of survival. As I am uh, watching, you know, there's a little wild kitty which I thought had died. It's still out there in the cold by itself, so skinny. Uh, there was a little tiny or not a tiny dog a big dog that was so tiny he was so thin and he was barely able to walk and I'm like I'm never going to be able to to tolerate seeing hungry animals so I you know by the time I got him some food he was gone and she's very demanding on her entitlements (laughs) and I find myself occasionally feeling irritated with her because Uh, resentful that she has such uh, comfort and safety and uh, good. And, you know, she came from a mom who was not, didn't have enough food that hadn't been fixed and was pumping out babies left and right and, you know, in the dirt with worms and no cover and inadequate food and nutrition. And so, you know, she didn't start off privileged and entitled. And, you know I have the ability of having one dog so I can take care of that one dog and I do that on purpose because you know I'm just not in a position energetically or financially or space-wise to take care of more than one dog but it's interesting to me that she has uh, you know a certain set of expectations (laughs) for herself which are not out of alignment with what a puppy needs but I find myself, you know, having this conversation about, you know, privilege, and right, and duty, and, uh, you know, she is my responsibility, and uh, how lucky she is in so many ways, not in every way, she's bored out of her mind, because right now, there's not a lot of snow, but there's just enough uh, outside, I can't leave her out, and, you know, we've done a couple little walks, but it's cold, and it's wet, and I wanted to get this done, and I have to keep attending to the fire, And, uh, you know, life is time-consuming. And to keep us alive, to keep our survival alive, I have to attend to things other than, you know, her every need and desire, even though in her mind, right, it's most important. And, you know, it's interesting to me because I've focused so long and so hard on on survival. Uh, And, you know, I've sort of come to this place in my own health where it's not happening right i'm not i'm having some improvements but i'm also having other symptoms that are counter uh balancing or in a negative way you know i'm sort of trading one set of symptoms for the other and i just can't imagine that's a good thing and so i'm feeling you know frustrated and discouraged and part of that process for me was to realize Uh, you know I've been doing a lot more educating myself about what all carnivore means and what are we meant to eat and you know everybody's got an opinion but at the end of the day it just occurs to me that everything is poisoned and toxic or unavailable to this location or I'm unable to store it in this location and how as a civilization we basically killed ourselves, but I am trying to heal myself with that same toxic process uh, of food and lifestyle uh, that was the opposite of what I told you when we were talking about being human. And, you know, that whole primal human training has just becoming more and more clear, you know, that we have a perfect blueprint and design to have perfect health and have a happy contented world with just you know occasional issues natural disasters things like that everything else (coughs) excuse me everything else is self-imposed right we destroyed our own food we destroyed our own processes we took the human out for safety and comfort and now we're in a toxic world where it's literally impossible to get food that has just basic nutrition in it coming from the ground, uh, you know, that's not being sprayed by things in the air, or, you know, sitting on a grocery shelf, uh, you know, draining whatever nutrition was left out, and who knows, you know, what it's been sprayed with, and it just made me feel really helpless and kind of hopeless, and so You know here I have put all this time and effort and energy into learning about nutrition to be healthy and you know 12 plus years now of how to survive and how to take care of myself and and I'm faced with this reality that one uh, I can't I can't eat the way that I probably need to because there's just crap in the food and it's not available you know the the key to the carnivore which nobody really talks about a whole lot is the organ meat Uh, and I am not getting enough minerals I'm having all kinds of issues uh, not enough calories and not enough minerals and so I've tried to introduce other foods and then that's just set off a whole other cascade of issues and all the while I'm just so aware that the food I'm eating has toxic stuff in it anyway so how are you supposed to heal even if you're eating different foods if they all have some degree of toxicity to them Uh, And we had this really interesting thing happen this year that uh, there was some corn that was randomly thrown out. And I've been seeing these things all over, uh, green things. And in my mind, I'm like, that looks like corn. And somebody else said, well, it is corn. And the first thought was, oh, the wind had blown the seeds. Or I had planted some corn and about 18 stalks came up. So I thought, well, maybe uh, some of the, the seeds on the top had blown away and then I like oh wait no it was the birds and so I am seeing corn I walk you know like a half square mile area it's about as far as I go there is corn everywhere and it makes me realize how it doesn't matter how careful you are but your bird or your mouse or whatever is going to pick up your corn seed and poop it out your toxic corn seed right in the middle of your Uh, healthy organic feel (laughs) there is no perfect system unless you know you are super focused and organized and diligent and creating some kind of pristine environment but that's not who we are and that's not what we're meant to do and you know I'm noticing some of the people on the uh you know lifestyle stuff I mean they're like they pick themselves up and they're living in remote places where they have access to way better food and that's an option right some people are financially or physically capable of relocating themselves to a more optimum process of way of living that that allows for more health but Everybody's also younger. I'm sure those of you who are older that have noticed, its uh, you got away with a lot in your 20s and 30s. By their 40s and by your 50s and 60s, there's some blowback. Uh, you cannot have 30 years of accumulated toxicity and not expect to have some blowback. And then there's this whole really interesting conversation about how plants themselves are poisoning people because they have more toxic uh, things inside of them than the pesticides that we're so worried about. And that is the health problem, uh, a chronic poisoning problem. Now, at the end of the day, I believe, you know, we are designed to live off of a lot of different types of eating. But the trick and the key is that that was, you know, hundreds of years ago, when there was some soil nutrition, uh, we don't, there's so many things we don't know about, you know, the oxygen ratio. Uh, there's a uh, a lot of uh, thinking that the water had a lot of the minerals in them, and that's why uh, there was a less issue with electrolyte imbalances. And so anything that we try to do to compare anything within our recorded history is probably inaccurate cuz one we weren't there i think about when i was reading my 15-year-old when i was diary when i was writing when i was 15 i thought what if this was the only journal that had survived for that period of time was the ramblings of a 15-year-old girl who didn't have a clue about anything right we really just don't know and we have some clues and we can do some scientific testing but you know there's this whole thing now where we the, the carbon testing's wrong that we don't really know what's in the ice. I mean there's so many discrepancies. My th- philosophy at this point is if we weren't there, we have no idea what was actually happening. We don't know when it was actually happening and we don't know why it was actually happening because when you start listening to people tell stories about the way it was, they have all kinds of stories, but we weren't there and we don't know. And uh, you know, people ate things because that was what was available. It wasn't because maybe it was their special food. We just don't know. And at the end of the day, human has survived. Not as a right, not as a privilege, or as a sacred duty. And I just took that great big long-winded uh, diatribe because that's kind of the point you can have exhausting conversations you can do what I've done 40 plus years of study none of it matters because we've created this toxic system it really at the end of the day doesn't probably matter what we eat or how we live we've already done so much damage we're on borrowed time Now, I love to contrast that with, you know, those of us, myself included, who have put all this energy into survival, right? Like, if something bad happens, I have out in the world, I have almost everything I need around my body, right? I have fire, I have shelter, I have defense, I have stored food. But inside my body, it's like a time bomb. There's nothing that I can do to, quote-unquote, defend my health to survive, from the inside out because there's so much damage in there I don't know if it's even recoverable and how can I recover when everything that comes into my body at this point has some degree of toxicity or issue with it or, you know, I've lost my ability to process it or whatever's going on but there's just no coming back in my mind at this point to where I would like to be uh, and not everybody will have my experience, right? We're all a collection of our own past as we accumulate that into our present. Uh, and from where I sit, you know, there's nothing else I can do. I've done everything. This isn't a medical problem where I can go to a doctor and get a pill and take away, you know, my 60 years of, of uh, nutritional process. Here I am. This is what's happening. This is my, you know, my mental, emotional, and physical History And when I started all this a million years ago when I was 13, 14, for me it was a spiritual issue. And I gave up on that because I wasn't having, you know, the magical spiritual recovery process that people always tout when they become enlightened. And, you know, to get rid of the pain and suffering, I I hunkered down into the mental and the physical uh, and then the emotional. And now, you know, I've swung back around to the spiritual because... At the end of the day, you know, everything has failed and I am where I am. Uh, And so when I was thinking about how I wanted to share this idea of survival as a privilege, is it a right, is it a sacred duty, I started to think about what kinds of things we survive and who survives. And... You know, there's sort of an endless no rhyme or reason, but the first person who popped into my head was Viktor Frankl. And for those of you who aren't familiar with him, he was a psychiatrist who was uh, part of the concentration camps. And he uh, spent that time observing who survived. And from that, he came up with his process called Logos. But basically, at the end of the day, it was the people who survived the best were the ones who found meaning, uh, there's also, uh, you know, a study I read about when children die, the, the people who do the best when the, they lose a child, because to me that's probably about the worst one you'll ever have to get over or through, is and some people don't, are the ones who create meaning. They find a way to make the loss of their child meaningful. And those are the individuals who do the best with that kind of insane loss. Uh, for those of you who watched or read the book The Road I haven't read The Road by uh, what is his name McCormick Uh, I just lost it but uh, but there's a mom and a dad and a son a child and the mom gives up right at the beginning uh, but the dad has purpose and meaning and his purpose and meaning is to make sure his child survives. Now we're at this really fascinating point in our culture where we are sacrificing our children because we're so afraid to see what's really going on. But we've been sacrificing both ourselves and our children by our lifestyle, by our lack of nutrition, by our toxic world of of chemicals and things that our body just can't process we have hundreds of things inside our body that don't belong there and no way to get them out you know the damage is done there's this really terrifying thing going on and nobody knows which or what in that they're spraying nanotechnology on the food itself and once it's ingested it's there forever you, you can't get it out and who knows how many of us have that within ourselves and so to me the contrast has been fascinating as I've been you know contemplating I don't know what to do because quote unquote survival at a practical level is off the the table for me and and it's just basically coping with the limitations that I have and I'm you know totally clueless as how much damage I'm doing. I don't even know what to eat anymore because, so many things are causing problems and it's terrifying like but I'm surrounded by all this stuff I bought to survive you know I'm consuming news and information about how to survive and what I need to survive and what's coming down the 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 track to survive but is it meaningful like is there a sacred duty to to survive and you know i think one of the most powerful things that we can do two there's two things to me that are the most powerful thing three three things one is to be light and support and hope in the process to others and to self right to take care of one abandoned dog has value two is to record that process so theoretically you know maybe the future We'll make better decisions and hopefully people who are coherent that record will survive as opposed to little kids incoherent versions or understanding uh, of reality uh, but third is sacred duty is there meaning or purpose is there something bigger that we don't understand about the process itself and for me I you know, when I look at all this I don't think human is the only form of life in the whole universe but the value of human is uh, the children and the, the constancy of human and that to me makes the most sense because at a spiritual level the, the rule is or the idea is is that nobody makes it Back to uh, oneness, God, heaven, whatever, until we all do. So the process continues until everybody does the work and gets out. And at a spiritual level, the point isn't to have a perfect body and a perfect world, even though that's what most people pray to God for. At a spiritual level, it's to let go of the body and let go of the world and remember that we're eternal, right? That we're eternal spirit and that there's nothing to survive because physically this is just like a job right it's just a temporary vacation it's not permanent but it's so difficult to hold on to that as an idea when you don't feel good or you're scared or you're cold or you're lonely or you're hurting or you're grieving like all these super intense human experiences but if we don't find our way through them then we haven't gotten what we need from them Uh, and that's really you know at the end of the day where I'm trying to come to with my own issues here like what is the point if I can't find a way to be healthy and heal so that I feel good so that I can create meaning it becomes this insane circular retarded process and yet Then I remember people like Viktor Frankl, who I'm sure didn't feel good at all (laughs) when he was in the concentration camp. We don't know what the meaning will be, but I think that's that's the privilege and the sacred duty to stay present and not give up because we just don't know how we will affect people down the road. We don't know what our purpose is. We don't know if there's meaning somewhere sometime someplace that we're totally unaware of and you know there's that story I know I've played it for people in the past uh, where uh, you know this little girl is in high school and she's suicidal and today's the day she's going to kill herself but she goes to school and some girl that she doesn't know smiles at her and this is a true story and And she's like, that was enough. And that girl kept saying hi and smiling, and eventually they became friends, and so the girl didn't kill herself. But it's that one tiny thing that we didn't know that is so powerful. And yet, how... And this is the thing that drives me crazy with myself and others, is that all this energy that we put into survival... that we don't understand it is a right because we're never going to die in that way right we're only going to let the body go that we treat it as a privilege that if you have enough money you can be healthier than if you're poor this is a real point of irritation with me that you don't have access to what you need, but at the same time, you know, I see people in line with their food stamps buying soda and candy, right? And so there's a catch-22 there, supply and demand. And that sacred duty is the complete absence of knowing really any of this. But it's choosing to survive so that you're available in one way or the other to create meaning that isn't just about you, but it's about us all. And that's really, at the end of the day, how it all comes together, right? It's powerful when, meaning is powerful when you can see its results. But it's harder to remember and hold on to when you just never know. You know, I had that experience when I was in social work, like everybody Pretty much would say, Is that all? It was just never enough. You could never do enough for everybody. They just, no matter how much you did for them, they just looked at you and said, You know, I want something else. Nobody wanted to take responsibility. But the only people that would ever like come back and say thank you, this always blew me away, were the people who had somebody die and they would come back and say thank you for what I did for them in that process makes me cry (laughs) it was the only time people said thank you and it was shocking to me because you know you would just spend day in and day out bending over backwards trying to help people one way or the other and the only ones who ever said thank you were the ones that you would least expect them to now that only happened a handful of times but the fact that it happened at all to me was just breathtaking because the one thing that you would never expect someone to say thank you for was your role in facilitating you know their loss because you don't think that's not what they're supposed to be focused on you're it's a privilege to do that but it's uh, but it was shocking to me you know those are the people that would come back and say thank you and and it was hard it was hard to go to work every day knowing that people were just always aggravated with you and mad at you because you just could never do enough and it didn't feel meaningful right you go into a profession where you're trying to help people survive physically mentally emotionally and there's nothing you can do and so as we're moving into this point of time where physical survival is becoming scarier and scarier and harder and harder and more difficult, more obstacles, you know I'm asking myself this question again, is it a right? Is it a privilege? Is it a sacred duty? Uh, Is it an entitlement? I guess I should add that. Because a lot of people feel entitled to live, but they don't participate in the responsibility of what life actually means. When almost all of us have unconsciously denied our core responsibility and that we've allowed and consume and participate in this wildly toxic environment as if somebody owes us the right to survival, right? I mean, we don't really talk about that. I call it suicide by civilization because we have a perfect blueprint design our body can heal from almost anything now western medicine has been awesome you know setting a broken bone things like that right or you know people used to die from infections before we had antibiotics but the reality is is the physical body the design and the blueprint of it can heal from almost anything it can live off of almost any type of food the earth produces It is nourished by the minerals and the water that the earth has. And it is a Garden of Eden in very many ways. But instead of that, we have stripped it and abused it and created systems that are killing us. And yet we'll spend all this time, money, and energy, right? Like I'm spending all this time and energy and money trying to figure out how to eat the same toxic crap so, quote-unquote, I can heal. Now, there is some healing, but I was listening to a, a doctor speak about MS and she's like, well, 100% of people with MS, they this one guy in Florida did an autopsy and everybody he autopsied had parasites in the brain and the spinal cord. So I'm like, are you kidding me? And then I looked at the protocol, and my head was going to explode. It was a nightmare protocol of med- medications I would never be able to get access to. But then I also flash back in terms of, I think it was an Amazonian tribe, where they, they t- did tests, and they were filled with parasites. But they were so healthy. They had healthy hearts. They had sec- healthy hormones. Uh, and so... You know is the question that we're that that's parasites not the problem, but our capacity to be healthy enough in our immune system to manage the problem because there's just as much evidence that says MS are all autoimmune stems from the gut and the gut becomes leaky. It's only I didn't know this, but the gut is only one cell membrane thick. So, uh, if you've heard of leaky gut syndrome, that's what that is, and that. The proteins or things, lectins or foods or toxins or whatever, break out of the gut and then they land in the brain or the spinal cord or other places, the nervous system, and attack. And that's what autoimmune is. And there's also, you know, a lot of talk about electromagnetic frequency. And so, you know, it always comes back to the same things that, to me the issue isn't that the body just falls apart for no reason. The body falls apart because of trauma that's unresolved or emotions that are unregulated or uh, nutrition that isn't appropriate or toxins or stress or you know right now you know electromagnetic nightmares that are going on all around us and and so we have this amazing blueprint and design in which we are created to exist in a world that is has within it everything that we need we don't have to make anything everything that we need is available and yet we're having all these conversations about survival Do I have enough stuff? Can I get the right food? Do I have the right medicines? Uh, What can I grow to eat? And and, uh, yet, how many hundreds of years now have we just increased our toxicity to kill us? And then we create a medical system that just makes things worse. So I don't have good answers for you here because I'm circling around with the same stuff where, you know, I've just had this moment like I'm working so hard to heal and be healthy but everything that I have to draw on is filled with those same toxins and chemicals and crappy nutrition that created the problem in the first place and is it even possible and you know I'm kind of getting to the point where I don't think so because here we are You know, I've worked really hard. And, you know, I've basically swapped out one set of symptoms for the other. And so I don't have an answer. But I do believe where I got to in the middle, that like Viktor Frankl, it isn't about having a perfect body and perfect health and a perfect life and everything is fabulous. But if we can find meaning in whatever's happening to us, whether we know it's meaningful to anyone or not, whether we're smiling and we never know what that smile did, then that, to me, is what the sacred duty is. To survive, to be available, I believe, is a privilege. Uh, You know, life is a right because we don't die. We are eternal. There's nothing to fear on the eternity level. There's a lot to fear on the danger and discomfort level of what's happening. But we're just in this really weird place and again I have zero answers about any of this but I just wanted to pass that on because I've been circling around with these things the last few days and I'm just like how why am I busting my rear end to try to heal with the same toxic crap that caused the problem in the first place and it just occurred to me how insane that was Uh, and you know don't have an answer for it Because there really isn't one. Because there's no place that I can run away to, no country uh, that I can just you know transport myself to where I'll have a perfectly safe experience and I can heal wildly. So I'm back to the spiritual because that's my only hope at this point. (laughs) I've come full circle. All right, so that's plenty to think about. You know, your survival and all the things you're doing to fight to survive. And yet, you know, we've done nothing to survive, to fight to survive uh, at a basic concrete level like nutrition and clean living and stress-free and, uh, you know, no war and no violence. Things like that that are unnecessary. A little bit. Is necessary. You'll always have a little bit of conflict and stuff like that, but no need for the insanity you know, that we've got going on now. And, and is it a privilege? Is, is survival a right, a privilege, an entitlement, or a sacred duty? I will leave that for you to answer, and I, my friends, will see you next time.